Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. Thank you for joining us as we investigate biblical prophecy. And today we're looking at the teaching in this book, The Lord of the World, by Robert Hugh Benson. Robert Benson was the son of the Archbishop of Canterbury, converted to Catholicism, and became a priest and an extremely good author and wrote this apocalyptic novel. He wrote it towards the beginning of the 1900s, but he wrote in the future expectation of what would be happening roughly around our day. And it's very interesting that in this book, which was broadcast over Vatican Radio, this book summarizes this book, The Lord of the World, and a second book by a Russian author by the name of Vladimir Soloviev, also about the Antichrist and the end times. But in this book, there's a little paragraph that I, I missed, actually, a while back. He writes that, to my mind, uh, this aspect of Benson's novel helps to clarify many ideas, given that this book, Benson's Lord of the World, was written many years before the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It would be irreverent to suggest that Benson, a man of deep religious culture, a Catholic priest, a convert, might not have had some influence on the formation of the passage which we have cited from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Very few authors have understood, as well as Benson, the significance of the church's exact reliving the events of Christ's life at the end of the world. To translate that, Holy Week, the last week of Christ's life before his ascension, resurrection ascension into heaven, it was his time of tribulation, so to speak. And what Benson is describing, as well as the Catechism of the Catholic Church, is that the church will follow the life of Christ and the years preceding the second coming of Christ will be an excruciating one for the people of God, the followers of Christ, because we are followers of Christ. We are imitators of Christ, and what Christ went through, he'll allow his people to go through. So let's talk about Robert Hugh Benson's The Lord of the World. And as you can, I don't know, maybe you can see, I had all kinds of things I was going to share with you. And I decided to share with you one thing. Uh, and it was the one thing that probably a lot of people wouldn't get out of this book, but has made a lasting impression upon me. And that one thing is what I would call the fog that arises during the great apostasy. In order for the Antichrist to arise, there has to be a period of time leading up to it, a falling away of the faithful. Uh, that Christian culture would be eroding. Uh, otherwise, faithful Christian cultures would be switching out doctrines for more modern varieties, that really that they're just falsehoods. And Benson 
basically highlights one thing that would be happening during this time. And this is what I would call the fog of the apostasy that leads up to the times of the Antichrist. And I'll, I'll get you a few uh, excerpts here that describes this fog. But what surprised him was the density of the air. It was now, as old books related, it had been in the days of smoke. There was no freshness, no translucence of morning atmosphere. It was impossible to point in any one direction to the source of this veiling gloom, for on all sides it was the same. Even the sky overhead lacked the blue. It appeared painted with a muddy brush. The sun showed the same faint tinge of red. Yes, it was like that, he said wearily to himself. But like a second-rate sketch, there was no sense of mystery as of a veiled city, but rather unreality. So here we have this almost imperceptible gloom, but a Christian might sense something's really off. It's kind of like a veil over reality has descended on the world that leads to a worldwide apostasy and eventually to the coming of the Antichrist. Now, I believe Benson is describing Revelation 9. Uh, Benson knew the scriptures well, and what his gift was to put in novel form, uh, projecting to around the year 2000, what would be happening. And Revelation 9 says this, the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. This means the abyss. This is a place where all Satan's hosts and demons are locked up. And it says he opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace. Remember Benson said it was like in the days of smoke back basically when all wood fires were polluting the air. Well, again, everything became dark as a smoke rose as a smoke from a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then it says, then from the smoke came locusts on the earth. And he's not talking about bugs. This is visual imagery that St. John is giving us. These are the demonic host coming out of the abyss and were given power like the power of scorpions to scorch the earth. And verse four of Revelation nine, I'm gonna come back to, and it's rather important on the practical sense of what to do during all this. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green growth or any tree, but only those of mankind who have not the seal of God on their foreheads. Now, this is my personal opinion. And if I come to a place of a personal opinion, I'll tell you. The reason I'll tell you is because I could be wrong. Um, I try to stick rather carefully uh, to things that I can share with you, a great assurance. But in my book, based on the vision of 
Pope Leo XIII of the satanic attack on the modern world and his composition of the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel, some of the Fatima warnings, and literally just some of the history that has gone on for the last century and a quarter, I believe that Revelation 9, again, this is my personal belief, is not just something future, but is something present. And that's why I got so much out of Benson's book, because when the darkness comes, it's not like, um, I don't know, a volcano goes off, you can't see the sun for 20 days or something like that. No, it's just, it's a subtle change, but it's, he describes it twice, Benson does, as a veil, and the veil is, is keeping reality from being perceived. And a lot of people are asking themselves, like, you know, what has gone wrong? I mean, you know, people can't figure out the difference between a man and a woman or a man can have a baby and stuff like this. This isn't connected to reality. I mean, people are free to believe it, but it's not connected to reality. And we all seem to kind of know it, but don't know it. What, what's this fog? Well, let me try to explain what's happened. In the Old Testament era, there was a veil over all nations of the earth with the exception of the land of Israel. And Isaiah 25 talks about this. It speaks about, he will destroy on this mountain, the Messiah, the covering or the veil that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. So in the Old Testament, there is this veil. That's why you had rampant paganism, idolatry, acceptance of immorality, exposing of infant children to death. All of these things were widespread over all the earth except for one nation where that veil, that darkening, didn't have an effect. So that's the Old Testament. B, the coming of Christ. What, what happens then? Well, we all know this. We've heard it in Advent and Christmas liturgies, the reading from Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has changed. So basically, the Gentile world went from a situation of darkness, of veiling, of deception, to illumination. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, light of the Messiah has shined. St. Paul says in Acts 26, the Gentiles whom I send to you to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan that they may receive forgiveness of sins. This is also what's talked about in Revelation 20, where it says God seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, the devil, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit. That's the abyss that we talked about in Revelation 9, and shut it and sealed it that he should deceive the nations no more. And so he's put in the pit. It doesn't mean that Satan can't do anything in this thousand years as the church age, but specifically he couldn't deceive the nations during the church age like he did in the period of time before Christ came. But then there's a third stage, and that's Revelation 20 and the last half of verse 3. 
He shouldn't deceive the nations anymore during a thousand years till the thousand years were ended. That's the end of the church age. After that, he might be loosed for a little while. What does that mean? Well, it reverts back. The world at the very end, and it's going to cause the apostasy that leads to the Antichrist, is going to fall under this veil of darkness. That's exactly what Benson was writing about, this kind of imperceptible fog that was causing reality to be hidden from people. Well, this is this is the power of Satan in the world. And shortly before the end, there will be a total reversion of the nations, the Gentile nations, back to darkness. And it will involve an overall change of the spiritual condition of the Gentile world. It will be shocking. And somebody like me with my beliefs might say it is shocking. Now, I said there's a practical end to this. There's a book. It's a big book. It's over 700 pages published by Tan entitled The Catechism Explained, and it's a commentary on the Catechism of the Council of Trent. And it says this, St. Vincent is of the opinion that at the end of the world, Antichrist will spare no effort to deter Christian people from receiving the sacrament of confirmation, as in that case, they would be more readily to apostatize from the faith. And what did it say back in Revelation chapter 9? I said, be sure to pay attention to verse 4, because the deception, the darkness, is going to be directed to those who don't have the seal upon their heads. And St. Vincent is talking about at the end of time, that's exactly what it is. We need the seal, which confirmation provides us, so we're not taken in by the darkness, but can see reality. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to Catholic Bible Prophecy with Luke 21. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.